0: people say the world is going to hell in a handbasket or all these things but it's only half the story you know um, there's a lot of suffering and it really needs our honest compassion and tending Um, but it also needs hope you know if you go into a refugee camp and you're depressed and worried they don't need that they already have plenty of that they need somebody that comes in and say we human beings can make the world better and I don't mean it in a glib way, but it's really clear that no amount of outer technology alone, not nanotechnology and AI and biotechnology and computers is going to stop continuing warfare and racism and climate destruction and you know economic injustice because all these things are born in the human heart. So that the outer development of humanity now has to be matched by the inner development.
1: phew heart wisdom fam it is steamy in here this is once again Ganesh Braymiller Jack's media manager content specialist and coconut water sipping elephant here to welcome you into the sauna yes you heard me correctly this is like the spiritual version of hot ones I guess a unique concept with Jack being interviewed in a sauna by the eclectic creator and spiritual influencer Prince EA all about compassion fear meditation and how we can stay awake, optimistic, and hopeful in a world where it's so easy to fall asleep back into negative habitual mind states. I love this episode so much, not only because we get to experience a so fresh and so clean, clean Jack Cornfield in a rather quirky situation, but also because the content of this is so useful, modern, funky, and alive. Princier runs a great interview, keeping the vibes casual as can be, while really curating some amazing stories and wisdom to come through Jack as they vibe in a sauna. Amidst the steam, Jack is quoted saying, people say the world is going to hell in a handbasket, but that's only half the story. There's a lot of suffering that really needs our honest compassion intending, but it also needs our hope. If you go to a refugee camp and you're depressed and worried, they don't need that. They have plenty of that already. They need somebody that comes in and says, we human beings can make the world better. So for me, I remember early on during the pandemic, most everybody was freaking out. I was scared too, but I had finally gotten out of my in-store job, I had started working for Love Server Member, and I started feeling the kind of freedom I had always wanted in my life. So despite having some fear, I was feeling good. And I remember at one point I started feeling some shame around feeling so good during a time where many were in total depression. But I heard from some places, maybe Mind Rolling or Duncan Trussell, Noah Lampert, maybe Jessa Reed, I forget, but that during times of crisis, the universe needs people who are living in joy and gratitude. So that when others are walking around, they see the face of love rather than the face of fear. And maybe that will be the catalyst to help them start coming up for air. So I try to carry that with me for what it's worth. I know when I was suffering beyond suffering, During my healing process at Hanuman Maui, it was the joy of those around me who helped pull me to the surface so that I could finally climb to the shore of love where I'm currently residing. So, fam, now it's time to turn the sauna up to 108 degrees, slip off our robes, and step inside of the steam of love and wisdom that Jack and Prince EA offer. But first, here's some events. We're turning Jack's favorite and most helpful online course on JackCornfield.com, Buddhist psychology, into a live course. Sign up for the live version that begins on July 6th, uh, and your enrollment will give you two live online group question and answer sessions with Jack. Find out more on JackCornfield.com. Then on July 24th, Jack is back for his online Monday Night Dharma talk for Spirit Rock. You can head over to jackcornfieldcom slash events and sign up for that. And if you're looking for digital satsang, Check out TerraBox and Jack's brainchild Cloud Sangha, where you can find digital spiritual community over at cloudsangha.co slash Jack Cornfield. So there it is. Let's get steamy in the sauna with Jack and Prince EA for Heart Wisdom 194, The Sauna Sessions. May you live in unabridged gratitude. May you be swaddled in the grace and synchronistic flow of the guru. And may you help others through the authenticity of your own being. And you know, let's add one more. And may you and those around you live with smiling hearts. There we go, y'all. Namaste.
2: I'm so excited for this conversation. Jay, how are you? First of all, I'm really happy
0: to be here. I'm also happy because your energy in this feels really enthusiastic and happy. Mm. You know, for those of you listening, this is a great smile. (laughs) <laughs> and a beautiful spirit. So happy to join. And um, it's a pleasure. And I also want to ask, so then did you retell the stories? You heard them and I retell stories. Is that how you do it?
2: Yeah, yeah. So we reta- retold some of the stories and put visuals to it. We literally hired actors. Drum, I'll send them to you. Oh, I'd love to see They're them. They're amazing. There was one story, which um, maybe you could tell later, but it was the it, I love your stories on compassion, on forgiveness, and it was of the the mother um who in Baltimore. Yeah I know that story yeah. very well. Oof, I cry yeah. telling that story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or retelling it. Yeah. Um well Jack, I wanna ask you first, what what are you excited about these days?
0: I'm excited about lots of things. Mm-hmm. Yes, people say the world is going to hell in a handbasket or all these things, but it's only half the story, mm-hmm. you know. Um, there's a lot of suffering, and it really needs our honest compassion and tending. Um, But it also needs hope. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go into a refugee camp, and you're depressed and worried, they don't need that. They already have plenty of that. Mm -hmm. They need somebody that comes in and say, we human beings can make the world better. And I don't mean it in a glib way, but it's really clear Mm -hmm. that No amount of outer technology alone, not nanotechnology and AI and biotechnology Mm. and computers, is going to stop continuing warfare and racism and climate destruction Mm. and, you know, economic injustice because all these things are born in the human heart Mm. so that the outer development of humanity now has to be matched by the inner development. Mm. And that's really our task. With it, there's all kinds of possibilities. Really, there are. For climate, I have friends who are working very closely on nuclear fusion, mm. and they say it's really getting close, and we can, we can make energy that will power anything we want without burning oil. Mm. So, you know, people who are saying, oh, we're in the doom scenario, mm. it's not the whole story. Mm. Um, now, racism tribalism and the kind of conflict – we need to learn that in a new way, too. Mm. It also isn't quite the end of the story. Mm. Um, if you read um, Stephen Pinker, who's a mm. professor at Harvard mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Um, and he writes about he really is a historian of civilization, mm. and he says it may seem bad, mm. said, but if you look back over three hundred years, there's less war now than there was. Mm. If you look back over 300 years, there's way less slavery, even though there still is in some places. Yep. If you look back at how children were treated, they're treated better. Mm. If you look back at the place of women on the globe, yes, there's Afghanistan. There are places where women are suffering immensely, including mm. in you know this country, mm. but it's fits and starts it's gotten better Mm. and i think we need to own this possibility that Mm. we actually can create something Mm. that is more wise and more beautiful Mm. that it's actually possible for Mm. us Mm. and that we participate in it so that's
2: partly what i'm excited Mm. about Mm. and Mm. then i have projects which i could tell you about Mm. so your work going back is is not about changing the the external not about shifting the dream but really waking up Waking up to who we are, um, waking up to our presence, awareness that we have inside of us, uh, our loving kindness. Um, these these teachings that you've you've spent so long kind of cultivating and teaching, you feel are the the solutions to many of the external calamities we see. I do mm. because it starts in the human heart,
0: mm. and you never underestimate the power of the human heart. Mm. You know, even when you look at terrible situations, you can also see a kind of triumph of people, Mm. even in those terrible situations, Mm. that not only reaches out and helps everybody, Mm. but actually plants the seeds for something different to happen. Mm. That's where it starts. It's not either or, you know, we tend to have kind of this either or mentality. Mm. In meditation, Just like breathing in and breathing out, the quality of mindful, loving awareness or presence has two parts. Mm. It's mindful presence that's kind of quieting the mind and opening the heart and being in touch with what your deepest values are. Mm. That's part breathing in. And then breathing out is mindful, loving response. Mm. And they go together. In Zen, they say, there are only two things. You sit and you sweep the garden, Mm. and it doesn't matter how big the garden is. Mm. So we quiet ourselves in some way, and we all need that in this crazy world, Mm. and get in touch with that place that no one can mess with, Mm. that there's an inviolable place in
2: you Mm. that you can find Mm. that has your courage and has your love. You called it, the uh, I think, one of your teachings, the, the cadencia, Carencia that's yeah. the Spanish word for the for the
0: bull in the bull ring mm. when um, the bull has found their carencia their place, mm. then the matador has to be really careful. Mm. The bull isn't running around the bull stops mm. and the bull is really right there mm. you know and then that's the place where the encounter takes place between the matador and the bull when they're really in their place of the deepest presence and grounding. Mm, mm, and mm. the world will come at you like the bull, you know, so you have to find your own currency. Mm, and it distracts us like the matador. Yes, it does. <laughs> it's got all these red flags mm. all coming on our phone, mm. you know, one after another. Mm, mm. And and a lot of it is also, honestly, it's fear-mongering. Most of politics mm-hmm. is... Sadly, the kind of manipulation, and I mean, politics is kind of like ritualized warfare, Mm. basically, on different sides. Mm. But most of the political words that you hear Mm. are to scare you. Mm. And then once people are scared, they go, okay, who's going to save me? Mm. And they don't realize that they're saved in their own heart mm. and they can act with their integrity and not by joining all the fears that mm. are being put out that now you have to do this or that mm. for somebody. You have your values mm. and you know them. And when you feel people around you that live from what really matters to them, you know this too. It it also affects you. You go, yeah, mm. we can do that. Mm. Jack Cornfield, who are you? I don't know. Mm. I mean if I tried to give you an answer, it would be so limited and partial. And partly who we are is this unfolding. It's like you look at a plant or something and say who we are. It goes through all these changes. Mm. So I'm ever changing. And I also know that I'm not just this body. And I'm not just these thoughts. God spare me. There's so many of them and mm. they're contradictory. Mm. And my emotions, they come like weather. Mm. What I know is that born into me into you and to us is consciousness mm. and it will leave your body when you die we can talk about that too. Mm. So a simple answer is we are consciousness mm. we're not our bodies mm. and even bigger than that depends how big you want to go is it's all a play of consciousness. Mm. you and I we are the consciousness of the world. Mm. demonstrating it's a making beauty in mm. the body of you know Prince here in mm. this amazing way mm. and you know with your thoughts and your poetry thank you to the universe for mm. doing this mm. and we're another part of that creative process mm. Mm. and feeling that um is both um it's empowering and it's also relaxing because it's like you're not in charge mm. and then you then you ask well then what can I do with this? Or what's... And one of my good friends was a wonderful shaman sage named Maladoma Somme hmm. from West Africa, hmm. from the Dagora people. Hmm. Um, he also had a PhD from Sorbonne and one from, I think, Michigan or something, well-educated in the West, but more than that, he was. Hmm. a. And he said, for the Dagora people, when a child is born, they believe that every child who's born carries a certain cargo. Hmm. And I love this metaphor because all those rivers in West Africa have had boats and ships and canoes between villages over centuries carrying cargo. Hmm. He said, and the job of the village and the parents is to see deeply into that child, to see what cargo they've brought as a gift to the world mm. and the job of that child is to deliver their cargo. Mm. And that's part of what meditation does. It's not like, oh, now I'm going to zone out and be in some, you know, bliss land. Mm. You get quiet mm. and you get, your heart gets moved. What is my gift for this world? What can I bring to it? Mm. And that's what actually
2: fulfills us. Mm. You have had you, you mentioned a few people so far and I know you've had Many teachers, many, uh, guides throughout your journey of life, of this dream. Um, Aj- Ajahn Shah and somebody that I, I actually have a picture of him on my wall. He, his name is uh, Nisargadatta Maharaj. Oh, yes. He's got a great quote that I love. He said, having never left the house, you have been searching for the way home. What was it like <laughs> meeting Nisargadatta and, and what did, what did you take from that, that experience?
0: Thank you for the question and the and the memory. One of the books about him called I Am That, mm, which is classic. dialogue, is sort of it's like weapons grade spirituality. Mm. It's like refined and powerful mm. in these dialogues. And um he was simply not identified with the changing world. Now that's a funny sentence to mm. say to somebody. What 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 could that mm. mean? Mm. Here's the specific. Somebody would say. I was with him toward the end of his life for some years, visiting and spending time. You're, you know, about to turn 80. Mm-hmm. What do you think about dying? Mm-hmm. And he looked back, insulted. And he said, my, you insult me? You think I am this body made of, in his case, it was Japatis and mm-hmm. rice and dal or, mm-hmm. you know, Big Macs. Whatever. <laughs> do you think this is who I am? Mm-hmm. I have nothing to do with this body. It has mm-hmm. its own life. Mm-hmm. He said, who I am? is not this body, it's not this personality. He said, who I am is beyond all of this. And mm-hmm. then he would pause for a while and go, okay. Mm-hmm. And then he said, wisdom says I am nothing. And you could feel the emptiness and that, just the spaciousness, the vastness.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then he looked and he said, and love says I am everything. Mm-hmm. And between these two, my life flows. Mm-hmm. So sitting in that kind of presence, I was, uh, it's like I'd taken some very good drugs. Mm. Mm. It was really, I was in my twenties, you know, it was, or, or, you know, around that time or late twenties, you know, I'd just been on some long retreat Mm. in the Himalayas, but just in his presence, the way he spoke Mm. wasn't just the words, but it was the field of presence Mm. to say who you are is not who you think you are. You're so much more than that, mm. and even death then is not the mm. it's not what you think it is. Mm. You are a consciousness, you are the eternal consciousness. Mm. Mm. And then I go back to the earlier question you asked about um, it's partly about mentors, but also kind of how we go from the inner to the outer, how mm. they're connected mm. and this little passage from Zen master Thich Nhat Han, mm. who no doubt you also know um, where he said, when the crowded Vietnamese refugee boats met with storms or pirates, Mm. if everyone panicked, all would be lost. And you can picture them in the seas and the pirates in the storm. He said, but if even one person on the boat remained centered and calm, it was enough. It showed the way for everyone else to survive. Mm. And so you start to hear or feel that, like breathing in and breathing out, you have an innate dignity. I mean, if our school system could do anything, mm. that's what I would want for little girls, little boys. Mm. You have an innate value and dignity. Um, and then deliver your cargo, bring your gifts mm. from that place.
2: You're, I think, known mostly for for your, your, uh, your meditative teachings, specifically Vipassana.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What is Vipassana and what made you decide on that particular pointing as opposed to, or maybe you combine them, but like a Nisargadatta who's more Advaita, Vedanta. What is it about Vipassana that connected with you and made you decide to to share it? A very well-known dear colleague of mine, when she
0: was in her teens, went to hear this famous Tibetan Lama and said, I'm going on a university... Fellowship to India, yeah. undergraduate part of it. Can you recommend a fine teacher for me? And he smiled and he said, best to follow the pretense of accident. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you think, and she got there and she met her teacher, not in the way she expected. The universe also provi- opens these doors for us. So... I was in an Ivy League education, mm. headed for medical school. And then I took this seminar from this wise old man who came up from Harvard to talk about Chinese philosophers, Lao Tzu and mm. the Buddha. Mm. And I heard him talk about Buddhist teachings say that life has suffering. Mm-hmm. And I nodded because my family of origin was very painful. My father was really violent and, mm. you know, abusive and beat my mother and threw her down the stairs and it was you know it was one of those kinds of childhoods um and i'm in college and he said and then there's a path to the end of suffering and i sat up i said okay Hmm. forget organic chemistry this is the medicine i need so i started to study buddhism and then it was during the vietnam war time and um I decided I didn't want to go as a soldier and kill people or get mm. killed. Mm. So I asked to go in the Peace Corps. Mm. I said, please send me to a Buddhist country. Because mm. that's what... Hoping, I, is there still these old Zen masters that you read about? They yeah. exist. And then it turned out they were there. Mm. And they were very welcoming, you mm. know, if you found them. And so I became a Buddhist monk. And what happened is that I learned it was like the second half of education. Mm. Ivy League education, all right, organic chemistry, philosophy, modern European literature, history, Mm. statistics and math, all the kind of things that are part of Western education. Mm. No one taught me how to forgive. No one taught me how to have a relationship based on compassion and respect rather than Clinging and needy or, fair, or, or, or fear. Transactional relationships. No one taught me what to do with my own anger. So I suppressed mm. it. I'm not angry because my father was such a raging mm. person. Mm. And then when I got in the monastery and I started to feel all this anger, I was so mm. surprised as I was mm. meditating. My teacher smiled. He said, good. Mm. He said, you, you see what's in there? <laughs> I said, well, what do I do? He said, go back to your little hut, tin roof. It's like the sauna, only hotter huh. with... um." You know, close the one window and door, this is the tropics, wrap yourself in all your robes, if you're going to be angry, do it right, sit there, watch the stories, feel the emotions, don't be afraid of it, and start to understand what it means to hold that energy, Mm. and then listen for what's underneath it, which Mm. was pain or hurt, which was fear of different kinds. And here's how you learn about emotion. You stay with it, Mm. and it opens the energy of it, so that instead of being afraid or running away or Mm. getting caught, Mm. you actually, with mindful, loving awareness, you can let that become something that you use. Mm. So I had this whole other education. Now I have to have a little PS to it. Mm. So I thought I was cool. I got out of the monastery. i have been in Asia for five years. I'm coming back. and. You know, all right, I'll do something good with it. I got back and well, what am I gonna do? So I got a job for a bit. I think I'll study psychology, I can figure out what happened to me. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Go to graduate school. And then I got involved with this lovely woman who was teaching in in, in Cambridge mm-hmm. and Harvard and got in this intimate relationship. And it was terrible. Because all the inner work that I had done, there were still There was no intimate relationship in the monastery. Mm. So I could deal with my emotions. I could feel all that stuff. But when it started again, it triggered all the other things, my insecurity that Mm. I had forgotten about, Mm. my needs, my, you know, my judgment. Mm. Um, And I went, oh, my gosh, I left out this whole other part of the curriculum. (laughs) (laughs) And I got, you know, I got support. I got great therapy. Mm. I did more meditation. Mm. And part of what I learned is that we're a being. We're beings that have different dimensions. Mm. And to live wisely, you want to be able to open your heart and your mind in each of them. Mm. So, for example, you can be an Olympic-level athlete Mm. and an emotional idiot. You can be a professor of nuclear physics Mm. And she can't find her purse in her shoes wow. or her, her feet. Mm. We have these different yeah. compartments. Mm. So part of it is learning to be respectful of this human body, wow. of emotions, of the thoughts. And, mm. and part of it is learning to bring that same loving awareness to open to human relationships with mm. one another in the world. Mm. And each of them requires its own loving attention. Mm. And otherwise, if it's not, you operate on automatic. Mm. But when you do pay attention, you start to learn. You get curious. Mm. You open. Mm. And then if you're brave enough to be honest about it mm. with yourself and mm. the people you love, you learn a whole lot more. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. How you feeling? I'm feeling warm I'm feeling and feeling happy. Warm? This is great. This, this is was so wonderful. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's this woman I really liked. Uh, her name is uh, Dr. Shafali. She works a lot with actually with kids mm-hmm. and parents and relationships. Um, and she was that was she was really on point. I share her background. I think she's also a psychologist, mm. but she integrates ancient teachings kind of with the modern science as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, we had Robbie Robinson on who uh, 76, 76 years young, he's a bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he used to train with Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger and all these guys. And he, he's just such a light and good guy, such good energy. Fabulous. Um, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's fun. It's fun. So
0: you get to play with bright mm. spirits. Yeah. Basically.
2: Yeah. Um, Friday, I'm speaking with, uh, you know, Gangaji.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. I knew Gangaji. Before she was (laughs) Conga, she went to be with Punju, who was her teacher and other. But she was an acupuncturist before that. And she had this, literally, it was like 35, was it 40 years? It was a long time ago. Mm. She had this beautiful head of Mm. kind of curly hair, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, light colored. And um, I used to call her hydrangea because she looked like this big flower. Mm. And then she became... Gangaji, mm. and, you know, she's wonderful. Mm. She's wonderful.
2: You mentioned, I guess just now, just off of that, you said be, became Gangaji. Do you think this this awareness, um, this state of consciousness is available to, to all of us, or is it randomly selected in different bodies? Uh,
0: it's not only available, mm. but it's who we really are. are. Mm. And so everybody has this experience you can get completely lost hmm. either you know you drive somewhere and you arrive and you realize that you were completely unconscious during the whole drive you yeah. your wine with mind was one and go oh, yeah. like who oh, yeah. who drove me here right? oh yeah that's happened to me or you can do but that also can happen in relationship or shopping mm. or whatever at home cook um so you can t- sort of space out in that way hmm. but in in an even deeper way you can get really caught up in conflict with other people, anxiety and worry you have, things like that. And then in a moment, you can take a couple or a few long breaths, Mm -hmm. especially if you've had even a little practice, and step out of that and become the loving witness, the mindful, loving awareness that says, wow, really caught in this one, aren't I? Hmm. You know, and it doesn't mean you as I'm still upset or I still Mm. am afraid or so. But there's some part of you that's always, almost always available Mm. that's not identified with the drama Mm. that's sort of looking saying, "Hmm, wow, really in it, in it now. Mm. And that's the, that's the doorway of mindfulness, of mindful, loving awareness, which is really a shift Mm. from the identity of your personality and your views and all those things which have value, you don't yeah. want to get rid of them, mm. but they're more like your pet. You want huh. to feed it and take care of it, huh. but you don't want it to run your life, huh. and you want your heart to run your life and your wisdom. Mm. So it's completely available to people, mm. um, and that's why you know people think yes, meditation helps with stress, <laughs> right, or it helps quiet you down, and yeah. it does, and that's all good, you know, or you can regulate your breath. But the point isn't to become a good breather or even to not have stress because everybody has stress yeah you, you know and then things close up or even more stressful family mm. can be difficult yeah the buddha and jesus had a hard time when they went home mm. so why would it be different mm. right
2: if you think you're enlightened spend a weekend with your relatives yeah, right? that's <laughs> exactly.
0: but that's not who you are huh. who you are really is awareness itself hmm. and you can learn with very little practice you can be to learn to step back and see with tenderness or compassion how we all get caught, Mm. including yourself, we're Mm. all in it together, and that that's not who we really are. One of my favorite practices is a practice of intention. If you're in a conflict or trying to solve something difficult or things like that and you're all caught up in it, if you take a few breaths and literally 30 seconds then quiet, Mm And then you ask yourself, what's my best intention? Or what's my highest intention? Almost immediately, your tone of voice changes. The the text you were going to say, you read it and say, no, I want to make it a little nicer. Because you remember that your best intention is to solve it or to be connected or even to love Hmm. that person. Wow. And it's right there. Hmm. And what we're invited to do is to take that kind of sacred pause, if you will, or that mm. mindful pause, and then listen to the heart. Mm. And the Sufis call it so bad. It's a conversation with the heart. It can be you and I heart to heart, but it's also a conversation you have with yourself when you listen.
2: And a meditative practice that allows that space to widen and widen.
0: Yes, but... but A lot of meditations help that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can do a mantra like TM, Mm -hmm. and it quiets you. The point isn't to have some lovely transcendent experience, although that's nice, Mm -hmm. but then it could become a sort of spiritual bypass if that's the only place you go. Mm -hmm. But if you do a meditation that quiets you and you start to listen, you know, when people say they want a little attention, Mm. you know, or a kid or a partner or something, it's not a little thing attention is, is beautiful. Mm. It's gold. It's something really special. Mm. And when you give attention to what your best intention is in a few moments like that, mm. what you care about, or to the person that you're with, mm. it changes the game. Mm. You, you look in a different way. You start to look, you look with the eyes of love, mm. really. Mm. And a certain... Kind of deep centeredness that yeah, this is who I am. Mm. This is how I want to be.
2: Jack, you're a, you're a master storyteller, and uh, for everybody listening, your your stories have ooh they they have definitely evolved me, evolved my awareness, um, touched me very deeply. And I want to talk. I wonder if you have any stories that you can share on on compassion, whether it's self compassion or compassion others, because I think this compassion is so important and so needed uh, in our world today.
0: Well, thank you for the question, first of all, because we do need it. And compassion also is a verb. It's an activity. Let me try to unpack it very briefly. There's a difference, a complement between empathy and compassion. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Empathy means I feel with you. So if you came in and you were having a hard time or you were elated because you just won the lottery or whatever, Mm -hmm. I'd feel with you. Yeah. But if I'm crossing, you know, going by a schoolyard and there's a kid being bullied Mm -hmm. and I see it, I can feel empathy for him. Mm -hmm. He's having a hard time. They're picking on him. That's empathy. Compassion not only feels that, but then walks over and says, hey, what's going on? Okay. Or goes... To find the teacher and say, hey, you know, they're really mistreating this kid or the wow. authority. So then compassion actually walks the walks the talk as well. <laughs> it reaches out to mend the things. Not you're not in charge of the world. Thank God right. we're not, you no. know. But you can mend the things that you can touch, you can make them more beautiful. Mm. So that's just to clarify. Mm. And the that heart of compassion is born in everyone. Mm. It also um, can operate in the most remarkable circumstances. So I think of my dear friend and colleague and teacher, this monk named Mahogos who who is the Gandhi of Cambodia. Mm. And we were in refugee camps together working. And he got permission from the UN to build a little kind of Buddhist meeting area in the refugee camp with a statue and a little roof and things like that. And the Khmer Rouge underground, which were the ones that had been killing everyone, um, said if anyone went to this place when they got back to Cambodia, they would be killed. Mahagosananda, who was with me in the forest in Thailand during the genocide, all 19 members of his family were killed. The temple was burned. incredible destruction. And he said, I need a help now. So we went through the camp ringing the bell, to call people to the opening of this new little temple, and 25,000 people poured into this square. You know, he had a microphone. And I thought, all right, what is this? What can he say? Because there's a grandmother with two of the six grandchildren who survived. There's an uncle with a couple of the little kids that are left. The faces of the kind of trauma that you see, Mm. wherever it is, Myanmar, Ukraine, um, you know, Darfur, Mm and in our country too, in places. And he got up knowing that his whole family had been killed and he looked out at the sea of people who had suffered and he put his hands together and got really quiet. And then, first softly, he began to chant in Sanskrit and in Khmer, Cambodian. One of the first verses in the Buddhist teachings, hatred never ceases by hatred, but by love alone is healed. This is the ancient and eternal law. Hmm. And he began to chant it over and over and over. And pretty soon, 25,000 people were singing this with him. They hadn't heard these chants in 10 years because they were outlawed. People were killed, weeping. And I realized that he was speaking a truth that was even bigger than, than the immensity of their suffering. And then, since we talk about compassion as being a verb, For the next 15 years, he led people, as conditions allowed, on foot, chanting that chant back to their villages. And he said, you can't return until you reclaim the land with your heart. So we'll go through the killing fields or the minefields, we'll do it carefully. And he would lead a thousand people with his drum and chant, and they would walk slowly back chanting, hatred never ends by hatred to reclaim their lives after everything they've been through. Mm. It was a mind-blowing inspiration Mm. to see somebody at that level Mm. um, being able to carry a truth of heart Mm. that cannot be taken from you, no matter what's happened. Mm. And then I look, again, because I'm in the Buddhist industry, there's this wonderful new book by the Dalai Lama and by Archbishop Tutu Mm -hmm. called -hmm. The Book of Joy. You may have read it. Mm And here they get together, and they both had immense suffering around them in their lives. Mm -hmm. Apartheid, for Tutu, so many people were killed, people he knew, you know, very close. And Dalai Lama lost Tibet under, Mm -hmm. you know, his tenure, his time, and so many other things taken. As he said, so much has been taken from me. Why should I let them take my happiness? And then they start to laugh, and they say, you know, um if you make the unhappiness of this world your only devotion, you know, it's as if you're praising the devil. That in fact, you know, it's almost a a moral obligation to let yourself see and be touched by the sorrow with a tender heart Mm. and say, yes, I'm here with you. So that's the compassion. Let's do what we can. And this is not the end of the story. Mm. We can actually make a difference.
2: Hatred never ceases with hatred, but by love alone is healed. Yeah. I was wondering if you could, you know, Rumi He said uh, yeah, silence is the language of God. All else is poor translation. Hmm. And I sit here next to you and I'm just like, I just sit in silence. I, almost, I wonder if there's some type of meditation or offering that you could give to me and to the listeners um, to bring us into that. Uh, that silence that, that of of loving awareness mm. i'd like to
0: point in some really simple way to the mystery of things to start with just the fact that things exist is crazy <laughs> oh yes yeah. it is just amazing mm. you know and then if i take my little grandson to the grand canyon and he looks out across the grand canyon and then he'll reach down and he'll pick up a red pebble mm-hmm. and he'll say baba look at this red pebble and that's his magic to him as the Grand Canyon, because everything is magic in the eyes of a child. Mm. It's the child of the spirit Mm. that's in you Mm. as you are listening. So even wherever you are, you can take a few breaths and look at the mystery of water coming out of the faucet as you wash the, Mm. you know, the dishes. Um, and how magic that is. It didn't exist a while ago, Mm. you know, not that long ago (laughs) there wasn't, you know, or, Whatever it happens to be, the magic of a tree. I mean, here is this being. It's not just a a lump of wood. It's Mm. a living being. And the modern science shows that the trees are talking to each other underground and feeding their children and sending sugar to each one. And, Mm. you know, this is is a living mother and father. Mm. And we're interwoven with it. And then you take a few breaths and you say, thank you, world. Thank you for breathing me and breathing with me. And so you start to quiet down and let yourself rest somewhat in the sense of mystery. Mm -hmm. The difficulties are not problems to be solved Mm -hmm. as much as mysteries to experience in some deep way. There's a beautiful monument, a government monument Mm -hmm. on 4th Street in Louisville, Kentucky that's the only government monument I know to a mystical experience yep. in the U.S. Really? Thomas Merton, who is this very famous uh-huh. Christian mystic living there, huh. left his monastery where, he wrote about it, he said we were all trying to be holy and yeah. connect with the divine and things. And he's just walking down the street in the center of Louisville. Mm-hmm. He said, and then all of a sudden it came to me. I looked in the eyes of everybody going by. He said, and I could see the secret beauty behind every eye hmm. that I passed. He said, the divine spark, the the holiness <laughs> that was put in there as a child, the hmm. secret, you know, the, the child of the spirit. He said, when I saw that, this is what we were looking for in the monastery. It was right there in every person going by. He said, the problem is I wanted to get down and worship each person hmm. as they went by because I could see their secret beauty. Hmm we can see each other that way. You know, you can pause in the line in the market and take a moment and changes everything.
2: Mm,
0: mm. I mean, I'll tell you a story, do I don't know if we have time for a story. We've got time.
2: I wanted. to let me comment on the mystery thing yeah. though because that's I mean, you know, it, it, throughout my journey of uh, understanding and just living and enjoying this this dream we call life, I I recognize that once I'm out of the mystery, that's this is when Suffering happens. Mm -hmm. Once I think that I know something or somebody, uh, that's when suffering happens. You know, they say you can only know something when it's dead. Everything is living and changing, as you said in the sauna. So you can't know that. But when we when we connect with what's not knowable, when we fall into the I don't know mind, this is when when beauty I think can happen in life. Uh, Just it just brightens, it just brightens up. And we go back to that that beginner's mind that, that there's an exercise I like to do um, where I, I imagine that I'm a child, a baby opening his eyes for the first time. Mm. <laughs> no labels, no judgments, just this, just magic. <laughs> yeah, it's just wonder mm.
0: and awe. There is a beautiful thing from the Berkeley Greater Good Science Center research on on awe mm. and mystery and what they found is that the the greatest stimulus for human awe is not yosemite or mount everest or you know the amazing natural world but the thing that most opens awe is the moral beauty of another human being hmm. when you see somebody else who demonstrates or lives that moral beauty even wow. in difficulty hmm. that brings wow. the sense of awe. So I, I love listening to you. I thought, God, he's got so much to say. I should just sit here and listen to you. It's <laughs> wonderful. It's, it's really, um, it's, it's great.
2: <laughs> you mentioned in, um, I think it was one of your, one of your interviews that we live in a, a world or a society that wants to kind of uh, make us fall asleep what practices can we do to stay awake in a world that is, is so many distractions, you know, the, the matador, right? What, what can we really do? What practices can we have to kind of stay in a, um, a one pointed awareness, um, as much as we can.
0: I would have answered it different times in my life in different ways, mm-hmm. become more mindful, mindful of your body, of your breath, notice your feelings over the years. It's gotten simpler. And the, Answer keeps coming back to love.
2: Hmm.
0: And I don't mean it just in, okay, love is a nice thing, and there's all kinds of songs about it. And I happen to love Ben and Jerry's, you know, chocolate brownie ice cream. That's a kind of love. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love it, a good sunset, and I all love these people. And so Hmm. love has all these meanings, right? (laughs) Um, But in the end, people talk about enlightenment and awakening and stuff like that in my field or my industry um it's love hmm. if love's there you're good hmm. if it's not i don't care what, hmm. what kind of there are all kinds of amazing experiences mm. i dissolve my body into light fine mm. but how about love hmm. in the end it, can you be <laughs> which is what you're saying is that when a child is born the first thing mm. is we love them generally mm. unless there's something terribly wrong mm. we just meet them with love when somebody's dying you hold their hand there's not a lot more to say except Hmm. i love you you know Hmm. so why not in the middle Hmm. so i'll tell you the story i was going to say it's the story of a fellow who'd been in the military and he had trouble with anger and he kind of flying off the handle so his officer remanded him to take an eight-week course in a combination of mindfulness and compassion or loving kindness and part of the answer to your question is there are these sweet, beautiful trainings in loving kindness mm. and in compassion. On my website and with Tara Brock and Sharon Salzberg and mm. probably Eckhart Tolle and, you know, all the usual suspects, mm. um, and you can practice them. Mm. And they grow when you practice things. They become familiar in your being, in your nervous system, and mm. they start to change you mm. just little by little. Mm. Anyway, so this guy started this eight-week training, and he started to learn how to bring a mindful, loving awareness to his body and his emotions. Everything got caught up. And partway through the course, five, six weeks into it, he, it was late at night or you know, in the dark. He went into the grocery to pick some stuff up, and it was crowded. He got in line, um, and there was a woman in front of him carrying a baby with just one thing. And he was a military guy who learned that you have to do things the right way. Mm. And she should have been in the express lane. And here she was in this long line, and mm. she was not in the right place. Mm. So he started to get a little annoyed. And then she got up to the cashier, and they started to kind of coo over the baby. And everything slows down. And he said, come on already. There's the long line. And then the the woman carrying the baby hands it to the checkout clerk. Mm-hmm. And he goes ballistic inside, like, come on. Huh. You know, this is not like a nursery. <laughs> We're all trying to get home, but because he started to get so angry, it also triggered the fact that he'd been learning mindful, loving awareness, and he could feel it in his body the heat and the, mm. the story, the righteousness and that. Mm. So he took some breaths and said, all right, this isn't good for me or anybody. Let me calm down. Mm. He got up to the checkout stand, and he'd watched them, and the woman gave the baby back to the person checking out. And he said, you know, I watched that. And I do have to say that was kind of a cute little boy. Mm-hmm. And she looked up and she said, oh, did you like him? He's my boy. She said, my husband was in the military like you. He was still wearing military garb, But he was killed overseas last year. And uh, so now I have to work. My mom watches him, my, our boy. And she tries to bring him in once or twice a day so I can see him. And in an instant, all of his judgment and all of his ideas about how somebody should be Mm. dissolved into a place of tenderness. Mm. Like we're in it together. Mercy, care. Mm. Here you are. Here's the military wife. Here's the kid Mm. whose father was killed. Here I am with her. And what else really matters? Mm. So Mm. we have that ability to take a pause and to step back into love, into loving awareness. And it doesn't mean you can't stand up for what's right. Mm. You, you need to. Mm. But you can do it in all different kinds of ways. Mm. You know, you can do it with tremendous courage and say, no, this is wrong. I'll, do, I'll put my body in the way of this happening. I will not let this continue. Mm. But you can do it out of courage and compassion and love mm. and not add mm. the fire of anger and hatred that just makes it all get worse
2: you're the best storyteller i know (laughs) so good i like stories so good i
0: like stories we all do
2: Mm,
0: yeah the poet muriel ruckheiser says the universe is made of stories not atoms (laughs) (laughs) and that's how we construct our world
2: wow that's beautiful you know, I've I've lived a life to search for this. Um, you know, you could say ultimate state. Um, you know, this this whole thing, of searching for enlightenment, and um, I had a recognition. I, I moved to Europe last year. I live in. I've got a farm in Portugal, and it's like off the grid and everything. Beautiful. And beautiful. I like taking walks around, beautiful. and you know, I was I was contemplating just just this whole thing of. What is what is this this enlightenment and it, it can't be anything other than than now you know some say there's there's no such thing as like a an ultimate state an enlightened retirement it's for me I just discovered that it is just this just this moment bringing life fully into this unrepeatable miracle of a moment you wrote a book called after the ecstasy the laundry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to that. Tell me a little bit about, I love the name.
0: It's what we all discover, Mm. that there are beautiful highs. Mm. There's bliss, there's ecstatic experiences, and we search them for them and we have them, and that's Mm. part of being human, it's gorgeous. But there's something more, you know, because the truth is that they don't last. There isn't like, okay, I've got enlightened retirement, and it's like you're not breathing anymore. Mm. You breathe in and out. Mm. The heart pumps, it opens and closes, the lungs open and close, the mm. you know, the cerebral spinal fluid moves in your body, the the tides come in, mm. the stock market goes up and down, women's menstrual cycles. I mean, how mm. can you not see wow. that the world is opening and closing, it's mm. breathing itself?
1: Mm.
0: And then you realize that the game, just what you say, isn't to get to some place and hold on but is to be able to become the space of loving awareness that says, mm. oh, yeah, mm. look at this mystery, this too. And then you notice you get caught up and you say, oh, yeah, caught up in that one, right? Mm. But it, you get amused by mm. it, and there's a certain kind of dignity and amusement and graciousness that mm. grows. And that's the quality f- the wise people. I don't like to use the word enlightenment much because it has so many different kind of it's a lot of freight in people's imagination, mm. but is there graciousness? Is there love? Is there a sense of freedom? Mm. Because whoever you are listening, you were born with freedom that no one can take away. It is it is who you are. It, they can put you in a prison or a refugee camp, mm. or whatever, but no one can imprison your spirit. Mm. No one. Mm. And born mm. in you is that child of the spirit, the wonder that you talked about. That can't be taken from you.
2: Mm-hmm. So um, it's Victor Frankl's story, right?
0: That's Victor Frankel's story among many, many. Mm. Even in the concentration camps, yep. there were the people who were generous, mm. who gave away their food. That's that moral beauty that uplifts us in some way. That we see that, wow. and you see it in all these communities out in the country, in the farm countries. You see it in the cities, where especially where there's a sense of community. Mm. I mean, in some way, that's perhaps the great poverty of kind of modern civilization is the loss of community Mm. and how much we actually really can be there Mm. with and for and connected with one another. Mm. Tara Brach and I, colleague, started this um, company site called Cloud Sangha, S-A-N-G-H-A, cloudsangha.co, because um, most of what you get for meditation online is one way broadcasts and you can go to jackcornfield.com or there these various other great teachers and there's lots of meditations and they're beautiful loving mm. kindness practice compassion practice they're great mm. but people want to connect with each other mm. and they learn from each other that's mm. the best part so in, in this wow in cloud time people join a group for half a year or a year and there'll be you know eight people in it yeah And they'll meet every week with a teacher and say, here's what I'm working with. I'm a young parent. Mm. Here's what my struggle is. I'm, you know, about to retire. I'm an artist. Mm. And people will listen and say, well, this is what's helped me. Okay. And we learn from each other as much Mm. as from all the, you know, great sages on the stages of the Mm. world and things like that. Mm. And so supporting that and having people get a sense that they're not alone in what they're going through, mm. both for the difficulties, but also like you spoke, somebody talks about seeing the mystery of things and looking with fresh eyes as if, mm. as if you were kind of the wonder of a child. Wow, mm. look at this. Mm. Whatever's yeah. in, in front to live in, in the reality of the present mm. and not so much in what's called the body of fear, which is all yeah. the. Thoughts. Well you know Mark Twain said that um, he said my life has been filled with terrible misfortunes, most of which never happened. That we can live in all that fearful fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's called the body of fear. Mm-hmm. But that's not who you are. Mm-hmm. You're here, you're listening, you're present. Mm-hmm. And your love.
2: I love that. Love that. Before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you a question. What is your what's your morning routine? look like and night routine i'm just curious like what's a a day for jack cornfield
0: i am not a routine type person my days are really i'll show you my calendar they're really different i mean Mm -hmm. first of all if i told somebody okay this day i'm going to be in la Mm -hmm. and i get to go to a podcast Mm -hmm. you know with Prince EA they go, what in in a sauna? They go, okay, <laughs> yeah. you already having a weird day, yeah. You know, and this morning, yeah. you know, I had um, a long call mm. with a dear friend in, in Costa Rica about how we were going to create this beautiful program for mm. tending people around the world, and mm. then I helped my wife who was working writing some stuff, mm. you know, and then I might sit for a bit in meditation, okay. but I do it when it naturally opens for me some people love routine Mm. and my life is not that routine wow okay and then in nighttime I love for us to quiet down and have a dinner together Mm. where we can sort of catch up and my beloved Trudy's just you know she inspires me and Mm. um, she's a wonderful teacher too Mm. we always try to get in bed early enough to snuggle and play a bit so Hey, that's a good day. Yeah. What more
2: do you want? <laughs> I love that. I love that answer. Um, I got a few rapid rapid fire questions. Yeah, let's hear them. Um, now, these questions, they, they may seem, I, I use the word best, but I don't want you to think very rigidly and absolutely. Um, but I'm going to ask you a few bests.
0: Sure.
2: Best book you ever read.
0: Just throw. I yeah. am that Miss Argadot.
2: Best quote you've ever heard.
0: Hatred never ceases by hatred; mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. love alone is healed.
2: Mm-hmm. Best investment you've ever made. In my daughter. Mm-hmm. Best time in your life. I think now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <I> <laughs> this love is that. it. This is it. It's alive. It's fresh. Yeah. Everything else is. And <laughs> here
0: we are in your loft, mm-hmm. and in this really interesting complex of artists that's Mm. been here for almost 50 years it sounds like filled literally with hundreds of Mm. artists in the warrens of these great old Mm -hmm. buildings that were whether it was you know manufacturing metal goods or or making beer or all the things that happen in these Mm. factories Mm. these are heart factories Mm. now these are factories of of beauty Mm. these are factories of vision of showing us ourselves Mm. for better and for worse Mm. so Your space is cool, and the place that you've chosen to be Mm. has a kind of field of creativity. Mm. Um, And I love the fact that it's in this sort of funky neighborhood old factory. It's Mm. like, we're going to take this world as it is, baby, and take it for a ride and make something beautiful out of it.
2: (laughs) Jack, if you could raise a magic wand and point it at the earth. Mm-hmm. Make a wish, and tomorrow, when you woke up in the morning, whatever wish you made was granted. What would that
0: wish be? I would want all the children of the earth to be well fed and well tended and and well educated, given an opportunity to blot to bring their gift yeah. to deliver their cargo mm-hmm. that's that would be my my wish. The rest will take care of itself if mm-hmm. we tend the hearts of our children, mm-hmm. all the rest will blossom in the way that the
2: best that it can Mm. well said well said jack where can people listening find you stay connected with you and discover more about you
0: Jackcornfield.com has lots of guided meditations and teachings and podcasts and things so that's one place it has my schedule where i do occasional live things and teachings Um, and again cloudsanga.co if you want community, which is something awesome. that really, as people find it hard to meditate on their own. Yeah. We're not meant to be alone. Mm. We're actually meant to, that's why people get together to meditate yeah. in yeah. their Zen centers and mm. those ashrams in India, mm. you know, mm. um, we support each other. Mm. Yeah. Those things. That's awesome. enough. Awesome.
2: Thank you so much for being Thank here you. on this sauna an Session. And, and,
0: and a sweet pleasure mm. all mm. together. Beautiful.